And we're back. The first half of this interview was published on Tuesday. This is the second half of the interview. So thank you for tuning back in. And if you're confused why there's no intro or setup or anything like that, go back to Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Hollywood Fishbowl. We always appreciate it. Drops. So I've learned something. Mm -hmm. What did you learn, Pew? I've learned that we have to be very careful about the questions we ask because they have 30, 45 minute answers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we get maybe one or two more questions yeah. on this interview. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, let's, let's, or we can let's, have let's, him back. Well, you're always welcome back. Obviously, yeah. obviously, this is uh, yeah, open doors. I definitely thought we were going to cover a whole lot more things, but I do see that I do go in depth. So, <laughs> you know, if you would like, I could. Uh, what brought you to LA? Maybe bridge versions. Mm. Coming to LA. Mm. Uh, Ha. What running, called you about this? Running city? away from a hurtful relationship brought me to LA, as I was just explaining. Yeah, mm. was that was that uh, your first uh, independent love, or was uh, that familial? Like, it, it was the first independent away from home, new mm. city, new place. Uh, what city? Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Actually, okay. Yeah. How, how'd you how'd you land on that one? Uh, well, growing up uh, with my foster mom, her people. Mm. Um, had branched off and moved up to Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. And we would go up there, you know, periodically throughout the year for holidays or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like my, I can't say my favorite aunt. Hell, mm. all of them my favorite, but <laughs> Aunt Benny, I love you. Mm. Uh, miss you rest. <laughs> miss you rest. In um, peace. Um, just going up there all the time, and it was my only city I knew that was far away, but I knew it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I became grown, I was like, ah, I'm out of here. I'm going there. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And she definitely invited me. So I just uh, shot to Little Rock. But that uh, relationship happened. Mm. And uh, like I said, I'm an emotional person. Mm. So uh, the, the young lady and I uh, were having a baby, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It was my first child, my daughter. Um, she cheated on me and she mm. came and told me. I guess she was hurt, you know, wanted to remain with me, but felt guilty. I guess yeah. how that does. Uh-huh. So that has an up and down to it, a pro and con. I don't know if some people, you know, feel like they should tell it. Uh, sometimes maybe you should just like sit on it. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Just yeah. To, you know, mm. to each his own. It just depends. But yeah. she told me and uh, the situation when she told me, it kind of just went out of control. Mm. But I was just so hurt that that day was the last day when she told me that was her last minutes around me because like mm. I was so hurt my mind just took me off and the next thing I knew I was back in Louisiana that night mm. I jumped in my car threw all my clothes and I jumped and drive back down to Louisiana mm. so um, this comes to where I at least wanted to get to like mm. like as far as in this conversation yeah, this yeah. interview yeah. this particular point is where that opens up and bubbles me into uh, mm. California, but this is what I want to express to the uh, listeners. About how right, old are you at this point? Are you like eighteen or uh, no? At this 20s? point, I'm twenty three. Okay, I'm twenty three. Mm. Good, mm. perfect. So um, you're gonna you're gonna kill at J. John Trivia Night yeah. at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oops, <laughs> J. John Trivia. Oh my god, you're really good. So, at this. Okay, I am. Thank let, you. Let, 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 let's let's get into it so uh, I can you know you know mm-hmm. hurry up and get it. <laughs> Get him some sleepy time or no, something. No, no, don't. Oh, I had him. mine. I totally that had mine. It. Oh, that now. Yeah, oh, that was it. That, no, no, that, that was not long enough. That's no, you can't. He gets me. up very early. Yes. Uh, five o'clock in the morning. Yep, yep, yep. 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 It's at. the only. It's the only time you can get any work at. done. Wow. Five to eight o'clock. After that, it's just a noise fest. Like everybody's bugging you about shit. That that part, yeah, and it's really productive time. Hey. Does oh. everyone wake up at five? Is it just me? Am I the only one who wakes up at eight? <laughs> yeah, they, we're all doing it together. <laughs> see, the people that really want to live a full life, they take advantage of time in being here. Like, I'm yeah. going to sleep 
eternally, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. If my, I have a motto, actually. Mm. I'm going to throw this in here before we get into that. Mm. My motto is, if my eyes are open, mm. my feet are moving. Mm. And that really is the truth. I made yeah. that motto just because, like, yeah. as soon as I wake up, mm. boom, I hop it out of bed, and I'm never getting back in it. Like, I'm gone. Yeah. You know, I mm. might not get back in bed for a couple of days. Mm. It's just how it goes. Right. So, right. let's jump into it, guys. Let's jump into it. My <laughs> move to California yeah. is my yeah. reason, so okay? Your world is kind of shattered. Shattered. Shot to manure. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Totally just like... uh and you haven't uh, seen your baby yet. Well, no, no. My baby was born. Okay, uh, right, she okay, was three right. months old. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, right? okay, okay. So even more of it like, makes me feel shitty because like, how could, how could you look at your daughter, your baby, but then leave? Okay. Yeah, you see? Yeah. But, at the, but this is where it comes. Like, this is what women do. Mm. They monopolize. They uh, manipulate Manip- mm. on the monopolization. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like, mm, on the monopolization, what I mean is like, the world is for the woman and the child, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how often do the guy get to run off with the child? Like, it's automatically yeah. set up. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. the child is born. People got to separate. Well, the child goes with the mother. Okay, you get what I'm saying? Uh huh. So, yeah. um, well, I wish that was the case for that's me. Monopoly. Yeah, Swiggy's experience was very different yeah, growing up in Kenya, but in America, yeah. whoa, okay, yes. okay, okay. This is America, Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where I had to say it like that. This is America, Jack. Yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. it ain't going like that. These these pompous, retarded ass people. The system is set up like this to to break homes. Period. Though, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it, they don't want the unity because in unity you you mm-hmm. see that you have power and then power overthrows other mm. kind of powers. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. band together, unity. You know what right. I mean? They, don't, they want division. So, um, mm. she mm. began to come up with this situation like mm. right off the bat. Oh, mm. you no good. You know, mm. you're a deadbeat dad and blah, blah, blah. blah. But like, I just left a couple weeks ago. It's only been a month. And then, you know, mm. every time you ask for something, mm. I send it, mm-hmm. you know, back then we didn't have cash app or whatever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was sending some money through the mail, take a couple yeah. days to a week, you know, yeah. or if I'm send, sending like, you know, clothes and stuff that I done bought, you know, it takes a couple days to a week, yeah. you know, so it wasn't instantaneously, but you got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's time my kids, I cannot mm. not give to my kids if they ask for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm. I'm just that emotional guy. I was the one that was all deprived growing up. I know what it's like. I've got to be there for my kids. Right. So, um, I didn't really think of that in the moment of being hurt, mm. right? Yeah. Because like, she was like, oh, well, you ain't gonna see your daughter. Mm. You know, uh, we're moving over here and over there. And well, she did. She didn't tell me where she was at, you know? Um, she even got me fired from the job I had, which was this the reason why I had to leave the city because yeah. I had nothing else there. Mm. We were living together. We separated. I had nowhere really to go. Mm. I found a place that I was renting, but it was contingent upon me having my job because mm. that's how I pay for it. So um, she sabotaged me, went to my job and, you know, made a big scene. Up and the then yeah. I lost mm. a job. Now, mind you, I'm in the South mm. where minimum wage was five twenty five. Mm hmm. Right yeah. at this particular time, it was five twenty-five. Mm. Mm. I was making fifteen fifty. I was making ten dollars and twenty-five cents more than minimum wage. Yeah, I had a real good job. Mm-hmm. I could take care of some things. And seeing how rent and things are very affordable down there, mm. if minimum wage is five dollars and you're able to live, mm. I'm making. Three times? Three times that, yeah, yeah, yes. Mm. You know? Mm. And, and it's something I like to do. It was just running a forklift on the docks. Mm. Yeah. Easy, you yeah. know? So um, she sabotaged that. I lost that. Mm. So my way of living was compromised. And so I had to relinquish mm. my stronghold to uh, uh, Little Rock. So I moved mm. back down to Louisiana. Mm. 
So this is where it gets real. Yeah, send me thousand dollars. So um, that was a real message, real answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it went like this here. I have to tell the truth, the mm. whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Otherwise, the story wouldn't go right, and God wouldn't set with me. Mm. So, I moved down to Louisiana, being a foster kid. I was trying to go back in my mother's, my foster mom's home, but she was keeping other foster kids. And I had acquired a misdemeanor because I had gotten into a fight, mm. right? So I had uh, a misdemeanor charge. But the state of Louisiana, seeing how I fought, you know, like legally to get detached from them and get emancipated, which I uh, achieved. Mm. I was emancipated at the age of 16, mm. right? The people in the office that was over me, they didn't like that. They felt like, you know, I don't know. They just got aggravated by mm. that, right? So um, they were against me at that point. And so me staying with my mom, who was continually keeping foster kids, mm. was a no-no. I couldn't do that. So therefore... Uh, when I got down to Louisiana from leaving Little Rock that night, I had a rude awakening. I was forced to sleep in my car, right? Mm. Um, Louisiana has no jobs. You know, it, it, they have jobs. People work them, but they don't come available. You get yeah, what I'm saying? And yeah. there's not many yeah. of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And a certain type of jobs are just out of your <laughs> out of your league. Basically, yeah. it's, it's consumed by my great Caucasian people who, right. you know, keep that <laughs> under locks and control. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was forced to began my life of peddling illegal substances, drugs, mm -hmm. crack, cocaine, because that was what's really you readily at available. The time you didn't have options. Yeah, I had like when you get hungry. Yeah, you know, and you're you're, you're thinking like you you want to go crazy and just grab, just run in the store and grab shit and run out. Like it's it's not gonna work. You're mm. gonna come to a bad outcome. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. A store owner might shoot you because like and this is South. This is Louisiana. Mm. But store owners down there. White, mm. you know, they have some Asian ones down there now, maybe mm. a Mexican one here and there, and a few blacks now. Mm. But then, you know, all the store owners, they're, they're white, yeah. And this is in the south where they say, okay, uh, we're not racist, <laughs> Fuck you, niggers. you know, what I mean? yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, mm. this is we're gonna be real about it. They use these words, I didn't make these words, I don't abide by them, I don't, you know, I'm biracial, mm. like, mm. I don't care about none of this stuff, I love everybody, I don't care who you are, age, you know, gender, nothing. Mm. But this is real, I'm talking about life, other people in this world, yeah. They act as if they are cool with everything that's going on around, but you know, quick as you can turn your head, they're doing wrong to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, I had to sell drugs, mm. right? And it's not where I wanted to be. It was vexing my soul. It was it was conflicting with with my life and, yeah. and making me feel uncomfortable within my skin. You mm. get what I'm saying mm. on a daily yeah. basis. So in Louisiana, we have this smoldering heat, this 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 humidity, right? Yeah. It could be like 85 degrees, but it feels like it's 100 or something. You just like. Don't want to be outside. So yeah. nobody is outside this, this particular day. I'm, yeah. I'm going to one day now. This particular day, I'm riding around trying to find money. Nobody's outside trying to find people to hang with. Nobody's outside. It's mm. hot. Everybody's mm. inside. They have somewhere to go. I'm like, uh, I have nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, it, it starts to hurt now. It starts mm. to, these thoughts I keep trying to push aside, you know, yeah. that I know is my reality. They're starting to come out like, damn. Now it's real life. Now you're grown. Now you have nowhere to go. Yeah. You can't go to your mom's house. It's, it's not really your mom now, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And where do you go? Who do you call for help? And that's when the first time you start to think, the first time I thought, damn, um, it, it's me against the world. You know, I'm, I'm the real Tupac. I have absolutely no one to call on mm. for any kind of help. So I was in my feelings. 
And I thought of a place to go mm. so I can kill time for the heat to, to die down and me come back to town. Mm. There's a place called Grambling, Louisiana, and mm. it has a school I told you, mm-hmm. Grambling State University. OK, mm. I went to high school there, also college. But at this time, I'm not in school at all. I just have people that still go there and we go there. The surrounding towns go to the Grambling campus mm. to hang out, kick it, meet people from yeah. around, you know, the United States or the world because they come there. It's a popular mm-hmm. school. Mm. Um, so I was going I went up there and I hung out on the on the campus. But on the way there, this is where life took a change. Mm. I started, you know, getting emotional. I wanted to cry, but it was just you know, crying don't do anything. You know, as you think, it's yeah. a man crying don't change yeah. shit. Yeah. So I pulled over. I, I turned my car off and I began to pray, right? Mm. And in this prayer, I began to cry because mm. I'm being sincere. Mm. And I prayed that God show me a sign of where I need to go for my life to change into who he designed me to be. Mm-hmm. And who I wanted to be and like for life to get better for me, for me to be able to find myself of who I am. I need you to tell me where I need to go. And I'm always second guessing myself mm. or like if, if I ask a question, and he give me an answer. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not him. telling. That's me. I'm just thinking too hard or something mm. like that, you know, going back and forth. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, I need this answer to be undisputable, Mm-mm. you know. And I prayed it with full sincerity. I meant it. And I know I'm talking to somebody, you know. Mm. There's got to be somebody up there. Mm. So um, I prayed the prayer, wiped my face. I sparked up a blunt. (laughs) 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 I had like three rolled in the ashtray already just waiting to get on the highway. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, it's time to smoke now. I lit that blunt up. Mm. But the next thing that happened was where God took control. I turned on the radio. And, you know, everybody, like, if you turn on the radio right now, it's already going to have a song on. It's going to have some talking. It's going to be in the mid-stride already. It's not waiting yeah. on you to turn it on just for it to start. Right, right. It's already going. Mm. I turned the radio on. It was almost like a brief moment of silence, like, but then it cut right into a song, mm. and it was from the very beginning, right? The very song, very song that came on from the beginning was, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. If y'all that don't know, the look on her face is like she's lost. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh that is Biggie Smalls. That mm-hmm. is uh um what is it? Uh Going Back to Cali mm. by Biggie, right? Yeah. Um the next song <laughs> they're so cute. Neither one of them How in the hell did you make it through the 90s and you don't know who the hell Big Papa is and I'm going we back were- to Cali. <laughs> We were listening to different music. It was a different time. <laughs> different <laughs> place. <laughs> Definitely differences, diversities. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was the first song that came on. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the second song to come on was the guy I just spoke of, Tupac. Mm-hmm. It was his song, To Live and Die in L.A. To mm-hmm. Live and Die in L.A. Mm. Okay, yeah, everybody know the rest of it. I think you do. Yeah. So, um, if not, go back and look it up. It's on, it's on YouTube. Sure, sure, Tupac, Living Die in LA, Biggie. I'm going yeah. back to Cali. Okay. The next song, come on. Mm. All these songs played from the beginning, mm. right back to back. Mm. The very next song, come on, is personal friends of mine now. Mm. I, at that time, I didn't know them. I had no desire to know them. Mm. Didn't even think I would ever meet them. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. But now at this day, They are my personal friends. I have a lot of memories and experiences with these people. I can take you to them right now and call them on my phone. Mm. And that is the uh, the great Raphael Sadiq 
and Mr. Dwayne Wiggins, and they are both of Tony, 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 yes. the 90s R&B group. Right. So wow. uh, this next song that mm-hmm. came on mm-hmm. is a very famous song that everyone knows. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of people know. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it never rains in Southern California. They tell me. Y'all know that song? No? Oh my God! I just embarrassed myself by singing it too. No, I like it. Okay, all right. Who's it by? Tell me. That's Tony. 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 Those are my personal friends. They they had a group in the '90s called Tony. 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 Well, we know. And the song is called uh, (laughs) "It Never Rains." It never rains. Right. Mm. So, um, did you get the mention of where it never rains at? Mm -hmm. It never rains in California. Exactly. Yeah. Three songs saying California. Back to back. I'm going Mm -hmm. back to Cali. Live and die in LA, Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. And it never rains in Southern California. California That's yeah. three songs. Now, my, mm. my, my lucky numbers, mm. the Trinity of mm. three, right? Mm. So at that point, I began to say, wait, okay, are you telling me to go to California, God? Is, yeah. that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so right then, and then it goes back to me like second guess. I'm like, nah, that's not what he's saying. They, they, they're having a West Coast day on the freaking yeah. radio, <laughs> man. Yeah, this yeah. is a West Coast Wednesday or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, let me, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to fall for that. Let mm. me change the station. Mm-hmm. I change the station. I put it on 99X, the Rebel Rocker, which is 99.0 or 99.1, which mm. is it's out of Shreveport, Louisiana. If mm. you look it up, 99X, the Rebel Rocker, it's a rock station. Mm-hmm. Self, self-explanatory rock right, right. my other half mm. <laughs> so uh <laughs> i turn this i turn the station mm-hmm. right from the beginning another song comes on right from the beginning like the very starting point it's almost like i touched the play on the record yeah living in hotel california really what? Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Hey, hey. <laughs> no, y'all, y'all know that song, huh? Oh, look, look. Look at the good times, good times. So, <laughs> we were listening to 99X. That's the I don't know if you can notice, but at this point, I get mm. chill bumps, right? Mm-hmm. I, my hair starts to get the googly googlies. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is when it, it does it at the same apparent time. Mm. Every time, like all over my body, my hair starts to stand up. And this is like, I guess the Lord starts to emanate through me and starts to show people like Mm. this is a real story. Mm -hmm. This happens for real. Remember, Mm. I prayed a prayer about this. Okay. Mm. And he's answering me. Mm. Okay. Now, let me explain to y'all people if you're listening. Now, I'm not trying to force anything on you. You can believe what you want to believe. That's Mm -hmm. what he wants you to do. So anybody come and say, oh, you should do this and you should do this. They're not coming from him because that's not what he does. He Mm. wants you to find him. On your own, if you believe there's a him. If mm-hmm. not, then carry on. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. Be positive. You know, mm. treat people good. That's all. Yeah. So, but for me, I'm a believer. So, my by me believing, I go a little further, mm. right? So, this story is a testimony, not just a story. And this is where I find God. How mm. he shows me he's real. This is what makes yeah. me believe. Because things that happen... No one else could do. So mm. these songs that, that he had on here saying California, mm. right? Mm. That's him telling me to go to California. Clearly. But mm. I can't see him and I don't know his voice. Mm. And, and, and about knowing voices, uh, you can hear my voice on this speaker right here. And if mm. you listen to it enough times, you will be able to recognize my voice over the you know, the lovely lady and the gent that's here with me and also over the rest of the world. So if you was to hear me throughout the world, oh, I, that's J. John. I, I know that voice from anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a relationship, so if that's the relationship, you relate that voice to me because you know who I am, you listen yeah. to the to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you're always 
communicating or in tune or praying or mm. searching, you know, in the realm of Christ, mm. then you will develop a relationship. So mm. his actions or it becomes a voice and you'll be able to recognize his voice and his actions mm. and his doings. But at that point, I wasn't. I was what they call a babe in Christ. I was looking and believing, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't have a relationship strong enough to understand my father's voice because yeah. I hadn't really heard it, right. identified it. Mm. So I denied it. Mm. When he's saying go to California, he's speaking through these songs. Mm. Okay. So he can't oh, unzip the heavens and, and say, hey, Josh, go. <laughs> you know, people will freak out. I'll freak out, right? Yeah. When you freak out, like, if he just opened and stuck his hand down trying to give me something I prayed for, or yeah. if you pray for something and he just hands it to you his damn self, <laughs> uh, we wouldn't understand that shit. So we, he has to work through what we know, which is mm-hmm. each other, through mm-hmm. life, through things around us that we are comfortable with. Mm. So he spoke to me through those songs and I denied him because I didn't understand his voice, mm. right? I, mm. I, I didn't receive it right mm. so when I changed it to another station you know another song came on so that's four times the song said California mm. okay cool I said and this, this is what happened I decided right then to make my own um, determination of what happened and what I was going to do uh, okay if it's for me to go to California well uh I'm gonna sell a lot more dope and stack my money. You know, I'm gonna yeah. save up and I'm gonna yeah. get the, you know, however it become, I work my job, I do what I do, my hustle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Say mm-hmm. it like that because I want to put out there that I'm a dope man. I'm not. I have nothing to do mm-hmm. with anything illegal at all. And definitely, I have no dealings with dope or any kind of illegal substances mm-hmm. at all in my life and haven't had that situation since 2012. Yeah. So there's yeah. a definite number and there's a reason. If we can get to another podcast another time, you guys will get that. Mm-hmm. But here it is, right quick. I'm gonna give you straight out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went to Grambling, hung out that night. I didn't get gas on the way down there. I went down the highway, Highway 80, U.S. Highway 80 through Arcadia. And there's mm-hmm. like three or four little gas stations. But when school gets out at like 3, 315, 330, um, 30 minutes to an hour later, everything in our town closes. closes. It's, it's, yeah, it's just desolate almost, you know? Yeah. So I had to come back down the freeway, which I'll call a freeway, which is, we call the interstate, which is Interstate 20. Mm. Right. It runs through the top of Louisiana. Uh. So I came from Grambling, Louisiana to Arcadia, Louisiana, going east. I mean, going west on I-20. Mm. That way it, it enabled me to get off the freeway and stop at a truck stop yeah. because the truck stops are the only things that's open throughout the night in these mm. small little towns. Right. And these, you know, desolate places, these mm. uh, country ass places. <laughs> so <laughs> while there, mm. I encountered a young lady under the hood of a Jeep Grand Cherokee, the color of Hunter Green. I remember everything so specifically. Mm. Um, as I'm pumping my gas, I, I look at my rear view and see that she's under the hood. And me being a gent that I am, being Southern, you know, us Southern men, mm. uh, we know a little bit more than some of you city guys. I'm mm. sorry to say. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like I said, I've been working on cars and driving them since like 10 working on tractors before then you know mm. like I'm mechanically inclined so I know these things and a man from the south is not gonna let a woman do anything with a car mm. so I go over and approach the lady and say hey what's going on so like, oh um, we're on our way home mm. which you know, I find out now is her and her mother her mother's in the passenger seat so this is the daughter driving mm. we're on our way home and the car started making this loud knocking noise so we pulled off the freeway mm. so I said oh, okay well you know, let me see what noise is making and I'll see if I can help you or what needs to happen yeah. they turned it on I hear the noise but it's nighttime, so I can't really see yeah. but the noise is loud and it sounds like it's either coming in, in uh, the engine block like it's a rod or a lifter or you know mm. something knocking inside it's going to mm-hmm. be very bad if you get back on the freeway mm. if you don't know about the freeways in Louisiana there are two lanes on each side with a big median in the middle and there's no lights so it's dark oh. and it's scary especially for a woman to be broke down the side of the road so I was yeah. like hey guys you need to get a room fix it in the morning it's like hey well we don't have enough we only have enough money for gas to get home I said okay you know what 
I'll pay for you guys the room because it's the mother and the daughter. Mm-hmm. I get you the room and I come back early yeah. in the morning. I came back early that morning and this strangest thing. The mother was like, she came to the door and she's in her in her sleeping garments. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we call them dusters back home in mm-hmm. the South. It came in her <laughs> duster. Uh-huh. Uh, almost looking like a, uh, just a silky dashiki. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> That's all just throw over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, she comes to the door like, baby, um, you, you came right on time. Uh, uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I I can't go with you, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to send my daughter with you, baby. Mm. I said, uh, okay, you sure about that? She said, yeah, yeah, I prayed about it. I'm not feeling good, though, so I'm, I'm going to stay here. And I'm going to let y'all go take care of that for me. And um, I, I gave her all the money I got, you know, um, so uh, hopefully I can get it taken care of, you know. Mm. I'm using my voices and things. Yeah, yeah. Do my yeah. overdub <laughs> voices. You know? So... Uh, <laughs> So we uh, hop in the car, her and uh, her daughter and I, mm. and we go to the car. We get it towed. And we get it to the to the location where we get it towed to, which mm. is the mechanic shop. Mm. And the lights are on, engines open. We start taking a look at it, right? Mm. And the guy then orders the part. So I noticed that the part he ordered, you know, it's not really a, you know. Significant part It's just yeah. a pulley It's a wheel it's, It spins on a little circle On some yeah. bearings That's all it is It goes to the serpentine belt That goes all around The front of your motor Right uh-huh. So it had lost some bearings So mm. therefore it caused it To be able to be moved Out of place And it was just It's metal it And it's bumping Against the metal block yeah. Yeah. So it's sounding like It's a bad problem But it's not really A bad problem It mm. takes less than 10-15 minutes To fix, fix it, it. Mm. Okay So I said man Hey uh when I recognize the problem, I say, hey, how much is this going to cost to fix it? He said, oh, uh, well, the toe is about 50 bucks and the part's about 50 bucks and it's going to be about three something to put it on. So about four, about almost 500. Really? Almost $500 to fix this? See what it was. Mm. He looked, he's he seen the women mm. and he thought I was really young and didn't know, you know, anything nothing. about cars. Yeah, right? mm. but mm. I, I couldn't let that happen. Mm. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? Here's go $50 for the tow mm. and here go $50 for the part. Mm. And I'm finna push this car right on outside. See, out in Louisiana, there's a lot of fields everywhere, a lot yeah. of open land. So I just pushed it out across the street. Mm. As I started working on it, remember I sell drugs, guys. I'm sorry to say this again. <laughs> but people from my neighborhood recognized me and seen mm. it was me. So they come running with like buckets and toolboxes full of tools. Mm. So needless to say, I just, you pay fixed, them yeah. and they fixed it within a small amount of time saved a lot of money took the money back to the lady the lady is like uh, okay well where's your western union I called and had somebody send me some money I said well it was right there at the grocery store right across the street so she went and got the money she was like well baby this is what I'm going to do I'm going to take this extra money and I'm going to go into your town I see y'all had a lot of antique stores this is, is really peculiar to me that she said this because I, I was I was lost mm. she's like I'm going to go in and buy some antiques and I'm going to take them back home and I'm going to sell them mm. I'm thinking to myself lady mm. they antiques there was somebody's before they didn't want them. They ended up at an antique store. How are you gonna take it from an antique store and sell them to somebody else? They don't nobody want them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't up on game yet. Mm-hmm. You know. So <laughs> this is what she said. She's like, well, uh, when I go spend some time up in there doing doing my shopping at the antique stores, do you mind if my daughter hang with you today? Mm. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm cool. It's, it's cool with me, no problem, right? You know, I, I'm a loner. I hang around, yeah. you know, myself. So mm-hmm. I just ride around myself, making my own money. So it's just gonna be me and her now, you know, mm. no problem. So um, we go out and take care of our day. Okay, I had an extraordinary day getting my money. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm yeah. a hustler. Okay, so um. The lady calls me at like five something in the evening. The sun's going down and she has me meet her uptown. I said, bring my daughter. I'm ready to go. I mm-hmm. get up there. And um, as I'm getting out the car, me and the girl, you know, a, a strange voice comes over. says, uh, when the lady asks you some questions, tell her the truth. Don't lie. Be a man. You have no reason to lie. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. voice is coming, coming over me. You right. Know? 
I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. look at she at now. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm a G about it. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm younger than my ways. Mm-hmm. So um, I get out and uh, bring her daughter over. I say goodbye. I'm giving them a hug. And as I turn to go back to my car, the lady says, baby, 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 baby. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just need to talk to you for a second. It's been something bothering me since you, since I met you. And I've been talking to God about you. And he's the one who gave me permission you know, to deal with you and everything. But I just, I just need to know these answers. And she's like, uh, first of all, you came right after I prayed. I prayed for some help. But there was another man came over and started helping us when, before you got there. And you came and you ran him off saying he was false. That he mm. was just, you know, it was a guy there asking for change, but he mm. acted like he knew what he was doing just mm. to be able to swindle them for the change. Right. So I didn't say that, but, you know, that happened. And mm. she was like, baby, well, you ran him off. And then it was just you. But then I... Noticed that like you just took control of the whole situation. We said we didn't have, you didn't care, mm. and you didn't even study. You was like, okay, well, I'll pay for it. And you put us in a room. Then you came back early that next morning, like you said you would. Mm. I couldn't go. And this is where I get to my problem. Mm. I couldn't go. My health wouldn't let me go. But I had to send my daughter. My daughter's my most prized possession. And we're in a place we know nobody. We don't know you. You're a stranger. This is my teenage daughter. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. And she went with you. You came back. Within a very short amount of time, you not only fixed my problem, but you saved me some money, baby. You know, mm-hmm. and during that distress, I actually reached out to a friend and asked for some more money. You know, so that's how this, uh, you know, shopping and stuff came about. Mm-hmm. But she was like, through all of that, you never asked me for anything. And on top of that, this is my main thing is that mm-hmm. I sent my daughter with you. And when my daughter is at home with me, she's always calling me. No matter if she's in the next room or not, she's always needy of me. She's always bothering me about something. Mm. And I sent her with you today. And I hadn't heard from her all day until now. And the other thing I wanted to mention is like, you gave me all my money back, baby. So she didn't have no money in her pockets, but she ain't called me and needed nothing today. So that means you took care of her today. Yeah, using your own money. With no, with no questions. And, mm. you and you're about to leave right now and you ain't asked me for nothing back. So I need to know, baby, where you live at? Oh, she hit me with a whammy too. Yeah. I was like, that's what you going to ask me? I didn't say that, but I'm thinking yeah. to myself, Dad, that's what you going to... And some said, don't lie. Mm. You grown, she grown, she can't do you nothing, don't lie. Mm. So I said, ma'am, ma'am, I live in the backseat of my car. Mm. She said, what? Baby, you ain't got nowhere to stay, you homeless. She said, don't worry about it. I've been homeless before too. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. Mm. I said yes ma'am And she said well If you're homeless That makes us even more stranger She said You pay for all this stuff When you're homeless Well how you take care of yourself then Where you work at Some said don't lie Do not lie I yeah. wanted to so bad yeah. you know, <laughs> This is an older black woman You know yeah, how you yeah. know they you know, they come from a different time. Like, yeah. they, you know, you little young motherfuckers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We out here just tearing and making our name bad, you know, selling yeah. these things and doing the street. Okay, but this is unfortunate, you know, mm. but I had to tell her. So I said, ma'am, I sell drugs. Her daughter at that time was trying to duck and hide behind her shoulder real quick. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> like, she knew what I was doing because she with me the whole day, but she didn't want to say nothing, but she didn't believe. She mm. didn't believe. I just told her mama that. Mm. Yeah. But the mama didn't even finish. She said, hmm, that was honest. I appreciate that. 
right? Mm. And right then, I could feel things happening. Just like I told you, I felt my skin, you mm-hmm. know, tingling. Mm-hmm. Right then, I felt the same thing. And then she came out and said this right here. She said, well, baby, look, I don't judge you by the things that you have to do or like the way life is. I know that you're a good person because I, I know how I met you last night right after I prayed. Mm. So that means you connected to God because God sent you to me, mm-hmm. right? You were our angel. You might not be an angel, mm. but you were our angel. Mm. And she was like, all those things I sent you with my daughter. You've been gone all day. She could she could have been in a whole other state by now. She could have been murdered. She could have been raped. She could have been anything. But she was protected at the time when I needed her to be, and I needed my time. And she was with you. So third with all the, mic bump of the day. <laughs> it wasn't that's a core. I don't know. Oh, don't do me. Oh, oh, let me step back. It okay. Still counts. As, as I conclude, we're, I'm finishing up here. It still counts. I bumped the mic and I apologize, Court. I apologize, <laughs> Court. <laughs> so um, to uh, to finish it up, she was like, "Well, baby, mm. why don't you come back and live with me and my daughter? We have our own place." And the whole time I had been dealing with them, I had never really examined the car, never looked back. But at this time, when she said that, I decided yeah. to look back at the car. Yeah. And then I looked down at the license plate. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> You might not. License okay. plate said California. Oh my gosh. Ooh, I feel that tingling again. Usually yeah. I cry right here. He's not yeah. letting me cry right now. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do it for y'all yeah. the first time around. You know what I mean? But mm. it was California. Mm. I had just prayed a prayer less than 24 hours. Before that, yeah. Because I was on my way to Gremlin the, the other day, the day before, but mm. it was about six or seven, something like that. You know? Mm. Um, well, it might have been about 24 hours, but. Point being, I had just prayed a prayer the next, the day before, and he told me, "Hey, California, 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 you try to change on me. Hold up, California, mm-hmm, right?" Mm-hmm. And then when he seen that I will, I put my own um, situation together of how I wanted to get there and win. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, you know what? I need to take control." Yeah, he had me meet somebody. Now this was all within the same grouping of hours. This was less than ten hours. Yeah, you know that I had said this prayer then. I meet these people at this gas station at midnight. This was like six, seven hours later after mm. I prayed this prayer. So my way to California was already with me. I just didn't know it because I didn't look at yeah. the license plates at, at midnight. You know, yeah. I'm thinking just help them, you know. Mm-hmm. And the next day when it's coming to time for them to leave, I look at the license plate and say California. I said, well, well hold up, wait. <laughs> Where y'all live at? I see you place at California. Where y'all live? I said, well, yeah, we live in California. I'm thinking they just going to the next town over or something, but we're trying to get home, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they were coming from Mississippi seeing some family and was traveling back across the United States going to California right then. Wow. So them breaking down, mm. I don't think that was a coincidence for them to break down right there in my town at the gas station that I had to stop at Yeah. on the way home. Right, right after I prayed a prayer about where I need to be, and he told me to go to California. Mm. He sent me away because he knew I wasn't going to carry myself. He sent me away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I jumped in with them. I left my clothes. I left my car. You left your car. Yeah, I took it to my um, my foster mom's house and I left it there. Mm-hmm. Since then, I haven't had, haven't had it. Just gave it up. You know, mm. um, I've been in California ever since. Wow. And so to me, God is real. Wow. My belief is strong. You know. Yes, darling. What's on your mind? Yes. Oh, no, that's a fascinating story. I didn't know the the story of your coming to California and the their house was in Los Angeles. Yeah, they lived in Hemet, California. That was the first place I touched in California, mm-hmm. which is Hemet, H-E-M-E-T, mm-hmm. Hemet, California. Yep. I stayed there for a few years, mm-hmm. sidetracked, not thinking, oh, I need to hurry up and get to L.A. because he needed yeah. me. My, my 
definite area is LA. This yeah. Is where I, this is where my this magic happened. Yeah. 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 And I keep leaving, mm. but now I'm not anymore. I got to yeah. fight through my fight and I'm mm. about to shine. Mm. It, it's my, my shine. My time yes. is here. Mm. I've just learned my lesson now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You stop fighting and trying to leave. Yeah. And I stop trying to run. I've been a runner. I keep trying to find something other than, you know, what I have in front of me that's been fruitful. Like I've, Started off with music. Music is what brought me out here. I have a microphone tattooed on my arm. Mm. I started off with music. That's what made people in the world tell me, oh, you're going to make it. Just keep going. Just chase it down. Yeah. And I came out here with that. But you, there's no money in the music when you first get here unless yeah. you get signed and you got major things going. Right, right. Like, yeah. So you're going to be on somebody's couch floor or homeless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it started. Mm. But when I got into the acting, the acting allowed me to actually start making money immediately. That's just like, you know, we mm. ran a course mm-hmm. of me coming back. I had just been back in California a couple months before mm-hmm. I met you. Yeah. And I just got started. I think that was my third time on set doing oh, yeah. background mm-hmm. when I ran across you when we met mm. each other. So, mm. um since I've been back. Yeah. So I have to walk the course down from, from start to finish. Again, yeah. Because you, know? you keep, you keep leaving. Keep leaving. Yeah. yeah. And it appreciates a little bit and contacts get displaced or missed, you know? Yeah. So you got to start and keep all the way through. Right. And that's what I'm, that's where I'm at now. Wow. Yeah. So I'm lucky I caught you. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. This definitely. time. <laughs> Don't you say it. Don't you say it. It was I'm, not, it was not, it was not. That was definitely not. That was absolutely not. That's not that a was, mic bump. No, not, not in the least. <laughs> Good Lord. You're the only one without a mic bump, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry for screaming at you guys. Usual, ears. darling. My skills at this trade are so Superb. refined. <laughs> You're a silly goose. Oh gosh, Jay John, I feel I'm almost tempted to say, will you come back again so we can do? Um, Story yeah, we got to pick this up from. Yeah, I really we just got you to LA, just and a whole new LA life starts yeah, right, right in LA. This is the trade bizarre thing mm-hmm. that it becomes about. My life story, my life yeah, journey, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not just like me being in the industry, but it becomes about my life's journey. Yes. And at this time, the universe, the world, God has everything orchestrated where it's all still about the same thing. Like the people that I've had their meetings with um, yesterday and, yeah. and, and everything moving forward. Like what's on my plate right now is my life story becoming a movie, becoming yeah. a series and be getting pitched to, you know, Netflix. Well, not pitched, been picked up by Netflix. Yeah. And, you know, but so this is all kind of intertwined. It's yeah. good. It's still on the same subject. You mm. know? I, I want to I want to know what it was like when you got to LA and how how you've gotten to this point in your life okay, now right the, now. Well, the listeners I, do we have time for that? Well okay. Well, yeah, next yeah. time we do? Okay. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we got a I think we have a good 12 hours left on this card. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Well, I do have to uh-huh. give a little, um, not a spoiler, but a mm. little uh, insert of um, a gift. Okay. Right? A little gift in here. Mm-hmm. This part has a film to it, has mm. video to it about me being in L.A., me coming to L.A. and starting in L.A. Mm. Um, as I've told the listeners, some of my uh, dealings, with growing up and taking care of myself in the past, you know, how I got here just before I got here. Mm. Um, It'll come into play again. Mm. Right. So if you guys want to look at what I'm um, speaking on, Mm. you can tune into Netflix. It's a Netflix documentary that is, uh, it's been released since June 28th of 2018. Mm. So the documentary name is uh, dope. It's the series dope. Netflix original series dope Mm -hmm. and uh, find season three and you're going to look for episode no face no case within that episode is depicting on how the drug trade uh, basically is coming into California from 
Mexico, Tijuana area, how the dope is produced there, but then brought across the border and distributed and how it makes it throughout our nation. Mm -hmm. So um, the starting point from uh, Tijuana then falls into L.A. So once you get into L.A., it's about 30 minutes inside of the segment, you'll be get you'll get to the part where it has downtown Los Angeles, which is identified by the Skid Row area. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people know of the Skid Row area is that's where the homeless reside. And that's where the high crime rate, murder rate, death rate, all that stuff is mm. just like, you know, excruciatingly mm. <laughs> high. Mm, mm. So um, if you want to watch it, go ahead and um, check that out. But I will be explaining that. Uh, it seems like here on the podcast. Yay! What? Why are you looking at me like that? No. <laughs> no. Sometimes Remember, when you we're look recording. At me like, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't let her know. Sometimes when you look at me like that, I wonder, wait, what did I do wrong or mm -hmm. right? What? Keep going. <laughs> okay. Well, I I want to watch Dope. I do see too. It. I saw just a little bit of a clip because, um, well, J. John and I friends. So I saw it already. He showed me a little bit of it. That's the one where you're the character Shadow. Mm, Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't think I said that. I am mm. portrayed as the character Shadow mm. in the show uh, Dope. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Certainly. So um, it doesn't really... It kind of makes light of my situation. Yeah. I, I feel like the video didn't really give a good uh, in-depth detail because, mm. you know, basically they wanted to get the story about somebody selling dope downtown. Yeah. Right. But just looking at that, you think, oh, just a guy, just all he wants to do is sell dope. He he definitely could do better. But this is what he is. He's a dope dealer. Yeah. No, it's definitely not that kind Those of way. And you're not acting. This was. No, like, this, this, this is a reenactment. Mm. Of my real life. Like yeah. the reason why Netflix came to play with me is because they sought out um, certain legal records mm. of court proceedings mm. within the past few years mm. involving cases of dope or, or, or uh, controlled substances being mm. sold within a certain parameter mm. or a certain area, which mm. is the downtown Skid Row district. Mm. And uh, my case stood out to them because... Mm -hmm. uh, in the labeling through the news and through the uh, local uh, LAP LAPD, mm -hmm. they have me labeled as like a, as a as a high profile deal, dealer, like oh. a big dealer, mm. almost as in comparison to um, Free Ray Rick Ross, right? Oh. So I did mm. acquire a name mm. during this time for this particular incident, which mm. they gave me. They deemed me the Tent King. Tent King. The Tent King. Oh. So, mm. uh, with that, I need to go ahead and uh, explain this a little bit because mm -hmm. the Tent King and me selling dope is just giving people ideas. So, I just want to kind of clear it up. Yeah. Me coming to LA, mm. um, I told people already uh, I came through foster care. So, mm. and when my mom gave me up for adoption, she cut off all of my family. And then when I go from my foster mom getting emancipated, that means it's me against the world. As I mm. said, Tupac back then, it, mm. it started off me against the world. Mm. So, what do you think I had when I got to California? Well, you had nothing. nothing. Exactly. And, nothing. But you still had the same N attitude. Attitude? Yeah. Yeah, determination. Yeah. An idea of what I wanted to do, but not exactly because everything in front of me says something else. Mm. It says danger. It says leave. It says retreat fast as possible, mm. you know? Mm. So um, I get to L.A. I had a couple of dollars in my pocket, but I had nowhere to go. I had no one to call on. Mm. I knew nothing Mm. Not the street uh, directions or where a building was. No, mm -hmm. nothing. So, and when I get here, I get off the bus. 
um, I start trying to find my way. I'm asking people, hey, is there a shelter around here? I didn't find out about shelters or anything, hear anything about shelters or uh, uh, what you call these things? Uh, yeah, shelter, mm. you know. Um, Homes. Uh, yeah, was it something else they call There's it? another name they have. Yeah, something, oh, okay. something, yeah. Mm. Um, but I was asking for those and I didn't learn about those until I came here. Like, yeah. You know, they don't have them throughout the world, other mm. places that I just know they're conveniently here. Mm. So, um, as I'm asking about it, you know, everybody's saying, oh, you got to go to like 5th and Wall or 5th and San Pedro or, or, or 6th and uh, San Pedro. This, this is the Skid Row area. Yeah. yeah. I'm not knowing this. So I start trying to find direction. I start asking people how to get there, how to get there. As I start yeah. getting closer to the area, mm. I'm noticing that the environment is changing. Mm. Right. The mm. building changes. The the smell changes, changes too, drastically. Yeah. Oh, gosh, the yeah. looks of the people and demeanor and, and mm. the characters change. Mm. Abruptly fast and to the extreme. Yeah. You go from having ordinary, sane, productive people, mm. you know, mm. normal people mm. to um, schizoid, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, deprived, uh, angry, yeah. you know, lashing out or medically, you know, mm. ill, mm. mentally ill people right there around you with you just right right there yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and they could just you know attack you just because of something in their mind it's yeah. not you they're mm. attacking they're attacking something in their mind but mm. it's you they're hitting on or mm. stabbing or mm. shooting or running over or whatever or throwing feces or you know yeah urine on it's just biting i've seen all kind of things out there you know yeah, yeah. so um that's what i landed in and after a couple of days of being down there and uh, like for one, the little money I had, it wouldn't get a room. Um, <laughs> the rooms are extremely high out mm, here. Yeah. Um, basically, I deemed that as to be food money to, mm. to get me food. I could survive the element. It wasn't that cold at the time. I just sleep yeah. on a park bench or something. Mm. Um, I tried to go to the mission. To the That's what they call it, missions. Missions. Oh, yeah. okay. um, I tried mm. to go to the midnight mission was the first one. I walked into the court uh, courtyard where everybody was congregated at. Noticed that the doors were locked because all the beds had been taken inside. So they mm. let people congregate outside in this area. Mm. And I quickly realized I did not want to be amongst these people because, like I told you, they they don't keep themselves well. They've got people with their legs they probably have elephantigo, right? Where yeah. the uh, the legs and things are swelling up right. enormously mm-hmm. and they swell to the point where the skin begins to burst. Yeah. And then the pus and the blood begins to run, drip down the legs to the feet. And it's like, they just sit there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just all around you. Or people are uh, using the bathroom on themselves mm-hmm. and just sitting in it or playing with it or mm-hmm. using the bathroom in the nearest corner, oh, you know, gosh, where defecating nice. or urinating, you know? Yeah. And you can smell it. You see it like you just... They don't care. They have no sense of reserve anymore. Yeah. You know, no sense of... (laughs) They've lost their sense of self. Sense of self. That's what I was going to say. Self. Yeah. Humanity, life. Like, they just don't care anymore. Right? So, I was like, well, it's better for me to tough elements away from here than Mm. to be in this. Because I feel Mm. like I definitely would catch something. Mm. Just right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just your, you start to contract whatever mm. they got. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just, ew, skin mm. crawls. So yeah. I left. I went out amongst the city. Yeah. And a couple of days go by. And this is right when they started to regentrify uh, downtown. Like, I caught it right on the change. Mm. Right? Because I got to see it, how it was before with all the people just 
congregating all up and down the sidewalks, everything dirty. Nobody's trying to clean anything. All the businesses are down, mm. um, uh, closed down at a certain time. There's nothing really, no bars, no eateries, no fancy stuff like they got down there now. Yeah. It was not down there in yeah. 2008. It began in 2009. That's when downtown began to have a life other than homelessness. Yeah. So um, I uh, toughed it for a couple of days, but then my money was gone and I'm mm. sitting there. I'm starving. Like I've started trying to eat at the mission. So they have mm. a call time at like at six in the morning, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, um, 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the afternoon and um, 3, 30, 4, 4.30 in the evening. But think about it. This is an area where... No productivity can be happening because everybody's of the same element, you know, mm. and there's no jobs and no nothing down there. It's just all bad stuff. Mm. So in the daytime, when the, when the light uh, comes, mm. you want to leave that place to try to find something yeah. to try to prevent you from coming back to it that night. Yeah. You know, I, I'm very intelligent, you know, mm. and I've experienced in a lot of different realms. So I mm. go out and I try to get a job every day. But mind you, 2009, what happened? A recession. Yeah. Everything went ass backwards for the whole world. People started to kill their family. People were killing themselves, jumping out of buildings, setting the families on fire, shooting the families and all kind of crazy shit. These were people that supposed to be normal, mm -hmm. but they did by life as they were told to. They followed mm -hmm. all the instructions and rules mm -hmm. and they went to college and graduated and got good jobs and good homes. Now they acquired this debt, but they're having good jobs to pay yeah. for it. It's a consistent cycle, mm -hmm. right? But then the cycle broke on them. Mm -hmm. And then life, they didn't know how to, you know, compute. Yeah. You know, what they've known is just not working. It's, it's failing them. So, they started killing themselves. So mm. at the same time, I couldn't get a job. Yeah. Right. And mm. if it's time when I can't get a job, if I can't get a job, I've never had a, a really a situation where I couldn't because of my race or whatever. And I, I've always gotten a job. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Mm. So I couldn't get a job. Right. Mm. Not even at McDonald's or nowhere. So I was hungry and I was in a situation and I ran out of money. And mm. one day I went ate at the mission. It was lunch. Yeah. And they didn't give me much. You know, so I left there still hungry. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to make it until tonight mm. to get this other little plate that you're going to give me. Like, this is starting to compound. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So my mind just brought me to like flipping out mode. I'm ready to I'm ready to flip now. Mm. I can't take this shit. And I'm walking by this store. It's on the fifth and wall. And it's right behind across the street from the police station where they film SWAT at. And it's a store called the Green Apple. Right. Mm. I look in there and I see nothing but drug using people in there like meth crack heroin and then you could you could look at them and tell you can tell how they carry themselves like you right. know what i mean it's just, uh -huh. just yeah mm -hmm. and they're in there sliding cards and getting money back from the atm and buying things at the counter like brillo lighters pipes and shit like that cigarettes you know just they just fucking off money when i'm just trying to survive like yeah. i just need 10 bucks to get me a meal today yeah and my mind kind of blanks out, but my ears tune in. And I start to hear this ringing around, like all these voices. Mm. And then I start to hear this voice saying, Cabby, 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 Cabby. Cabby, 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 Cabby. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Mm. No, I, I heard weed and I heard, you know, meth and I heard heroin or black or whatever they call it. They call it different names for the heroin, right? Yeah. But then I hear Cavi. I'm like, what the hell? They selling caviar out this motherfucker? Like, uh, I'm thinking like, you know, they got some fish eggs out here on yeah. the block. You know what I mean? So I turn around and look at the guy. I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. But the guy that's walking up to him, looking like he's buying something, don't look like he's looking for fish eggs. Don't look like he's looking for caviar. Yeah. He ain't got no crackers in his hand. I know. He's holding some money in his hand. And the other guy, I happen to watch to see the transaction happen. The other guy opened his hand and dropped some boop, boop, boop. I said, oh, I know what that is. 
Oh, so that's a slang word. It's, mm. You know, cavi means crack. Okay, oh. out of all the drugs, I know what that is. I see it's a lot of those users out here. Okay, mm. this so I see a market. My mind is starting to develop and yeah. identify this market, right? right. Mm. So I'm trying to come up with a scheme. I'm not trying to get into it to try to become a drug dealer. I'm trying mm. to think of how I'm going to eat right now. Yeah, right yeah. now. Mm. Now, back in the day, you know, I've known some people to cut up some soap. Mm-hmm. You know, sell some dummy dope. You know, yeah. or just take the money and take off running. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't have dummy dope. Yeah. And I don't want to be caught for selling anything because I, I didn't want to get into the street world. This mm. is California. These people have been out here murdering each other, gangbanging and all this other stuff. And it's real. It's on TV. That's what yeah. I know about California. Mm. I've never lived here, mm. you know, but I've seen it on TV. I don't want to be a part of that. Right? Yeah. I said, okay, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to say what that dude was saying. Cavi, cavi, cavi. Mm. And when somebody come up, you know, I'm just going to take that money and run. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> you laughing. That shit is serious. So I began saying, as soon as I cross the street, and I'm walking behind the police station right there on Fifth Street, and I'm mm. saying, cabby, 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 cabby. I don't even know how to say it, how they were saying I was cabby, yeah. cabby, cabby, cabby. This, this, this older gent coming by me, he just stops, hey, young buck. Hey, what you got? And he go in his pocket, and he come out, and he's holding he hold a dub. He's hold, A dub is terminology for 20 which could be $20, oh, okay. $20 amount, but mm-hmm. dub means 20. I think mm. y'all know that. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> what, you, did you know that? Yeah, he knows that. <laughs> wait, wait, why? What? <laughs> Your face. So look. Maybe. He's holding up the money from the bottom, which uh, means the, the top part of the money is sticking up, mm-hmm, right? Is mm. brandishing all that available the, grabbing dinner. area. He's brandishing dinner off. at you. I went in my pocket like I had something. I looked around, make sure nobody was close. When I came out of my pocket, I grabbed that money and I hit four corners on them. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Four <laughs> yeah. corners of the circle if you mm-hmm. go in the same direction. Uh-huh. So basically, that's what I did. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's what I did. But mm. then I, I ran into a guy that caught my eye again. Mm. Certain things just catch me like boom, boom, boom. Mid, mm. Mid-stride, it was this guy standing on the corner. He had a backpack on. As I, as I got close to him in the backpack, it was like Jack in a Box. This little chihuahua mm. pops up off the back of the backpack barking. Mm. Like I got too close. Yeah. But the dog had diamond earrings in and a diamond diamond necklace, right? The dog? The dog, the chihuahua that mm. came out the backpack. Mm. I looked at the dude. He was pretty clean cut too. He had Jordans and everything, but he's just standing on the corner and he's mm. smoking a blunt. Mm. Got my attention, dog. Got my attention. Mm. So, hey, man, uh, you sell me some of that weed? I don't sell weed, dog. Uh, can I can I put in on it? Man, I don't smoke with nobody either. I, 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 I you know where I can find some, man? Mm. The weed store. Damn, man. Like, hey, man, I ain't trying to bother you, bro, but I'm not from out here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where the weed store at. I don't know where the weed yeah. is at. And, and I, I just want to smoke, man. I'm having a bad morning. Mm. He said, oh, you ain't from here? I said, you're like, where you from? I said, I'm from Louisiana. Mm. He said, oh, okay. Well, uh, where you at? I said, well, right here. Mm. He's like, no, man. Like, where you stay? Where you live? Yeah. I said, really? I'm homeless. I'm down here downtown. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I slept on um, Fifth in um, Los Angeles last night. Yeah. You know, the thing about the thing. He's like, oh, damn. Okay. Well, shit. You working? Mm. I'm like, nah. I can't get hired. You know, I can't find a job. He's like, nah, nah, nah. That's when I learned that the word work has different terminologies than what yeah. I do. It's kind of the same, mm. but in different forms. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? So he's like, nah, man. I mean, you working. You working the block. You hustling. Oh, no man no, I don't fuck with that I, I ain't mm. trying to get nobody step on nobody so no 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 man it's wide open what yeah yeah it's wide open mm. what's wide open mean it, anybody can serve anybody anywhere it's no territory 
Oh yeah, yeah man, yeah. You didn't know that? Nah, man. I'm just got here. Mm. Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know where to get nothing at mm. anyway to serve nothing. He said, "Shit." You said you're trying to buy some weed, right? Mm. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, look, I got these right here." And he pulled out somebody's right pocket. Mm. And it was like these little bags, mm. and each bag had eight flat little squares in it, mm-hmm. right? And each square was worth $5. So five times eight gets you 40. So mm-hmm. the bag cost me 20. So it's a source of me doubling yeah. my money dollar for dollar. Yeah. Not much of a profit, but just a double of the profit. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Um, so, and they called them Cuban squares because it was a Cuban community that, that had produced this type of uh, uh, drug, right? Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. This quality of a drug, mm-hmm. which is crack. There's mm-hmm. all different kind of forms of this. Well, not different forms. It's mm-hmm. all rock crack yeah. but who cooks it depends on its potency yeah yeah you, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you could yeah. have more or less of the base substance which is the cocaine mm. the more it has the more potent it is in the crack yeah. form the mm-hmm. less than you know less potency so mm-hmm. long story short let me try to shorten it up real quick um <laughs> the guy convinced me into buying one of these bags it took me less than 30 minutes i was gone i came back sold the whole thing i tried to keep some money save some money i mean save some money give some money he's like mm-hmm. no he convinced me in spending the whole thing so i spent 40 now i got two bags it took me about an hour or two to get off of those really? then it took, mm. it took me longer it took me no it took me longer the first time was 30 minutes for one bag mm. and the next time was like like an hour and a half to two hours mm. so damn near like an hour each bag mm. um but the thing was the dope is not that good so these people really when they see it they they know what it is they the little squares there's only one person that, the, the only one set of people to do that that's the cubans and they yeah. know the cubans is whipped it up it means it's, it's uh diluted it a lot yeah. so um they're hesitant to get it so oh. then you can find people here and there that don't know about it you get it off to so it took me time to be able to strategically find these people just by asking in a mm. course of elimination to get the people to buy it mm. so now when i sold it i actually come up with 80 dollars, right mm. at this point i'm like i'm gonna keep 40 mm. spend 40 yeah. when i'm good you know what yeah, I, mean? yeah. I got weed i got you know mm. food i got mm. money keep going mm. It didn't go that way. I got back to the guy. He was like, hey, man, no, 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 no. See, this was this was just what it is. I gave you that Cuban stuff at first, right? Now, when you were selling it, it was hard to go, wasn't it? Them people don't want it. They don't come back for it, right? I said, yeah, no, they don't come back. They don't like that shit. They're like, well, look, look, look. I got this over here. Look. And he came out of his left pocket now, and he got these big balls of yellow, sparkling, like, you know, crack. Yeah. That's what I'm used to. I mean, like, it's, it's a good color. It I know looks what it, the you know, same always? Well, not always. Mm. You can have white. You can have grayish. You can have uh, opaque like kind of mm. color eggshell kind of color or you can mm. have like a lemon head yellow you know what I mean uh, you know but that lemon head yellow pretty much gonna be the good one or you can have the, the brownish kind of color like they call it Coca-Cola like you mm. know it's like somebody spilled Coke on it or something oh you know I mean? okay mm. so um it just depends on the person that cooks it how you cook it and the amount of uh um um, um soda versus uh cocaine that you have in the mixture so uh <laughs> this oh. turns out to be a very interesting conversation i see yeah. these people getting you know yeah so i'm not gonna tell you how to make it you know quick it you know, and do none of that so well, you, but you didn't make it you just no i actually like, did i had oh. to later on oh so, but wow. but i don't make the cocaine that's shipped in but mm-hmm. you take the cocaine and you do something with it to make the yeah. other substance right so mm-hmm. long story short again mm-hmm. um he talked me into getting that one and when he talked me into getting one, it took all my money in my pocket but he left me with a little bit of weed as an incentive so he done made a lot of money off me today you know yeah. what i mean so, but this this was a kind of a good thing in a way. It was his time to go. He's a guy that comes down from the neighborhood and comes mm. down downtown and sells dope and then goes back when it gets dark kind of mm-hmm. thing. So this is like his daily job. He don't hang around. Me, I was unfortunate. I was homeless. I was in that area twenty four seven on the same corners as where I slept or sit for throughout the night. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm always there. 
So the dope he gave me actually was a good quality. And I was able to make 400 and something dollars off of that that night. So when he came the next morning, mm. I promptly and quickly bought a doubled amount. I spent the 160 and got a quarter. And then I had actually a couple hundred dollars put up and then some money in my pocket as well. Like I hid some money in my shoes in my property. Yeah. And then I had like a couple dollars in my pockets. I can, you know, give me a little weed and a little food. But mm. that... It was never even necessary because from then on, I just began to make money, make money. Really? So this is how mm. things got out of control. Mm. My personality toward people is loving and caring and concerned. Like, mm. I don't care who you are or what the situation is. I'm not going to treat you, yeah. you know, less than. Well, the people out there, they're of a lower nature. So they treat people of the sort. So mm. when you have a person that's addicted to a drug that you're not addicted to, you kind of look down your nose or talk down on them like you're better than them. Oh, like, you know. I'm going to take your money or mm. give them fake dope or yeah. uh, beat them up and mm. talk bad to them, call them names and disrespect them to the fullest. Mm. Well, I was down there treating people civil still. I'm just conducting business. Mm. Unfortunately, I have to do this to be able to survive right yeah. now. Yeah. But I'm not going to, you know, go beside myself and treat you like you're not human, too. Mm. So in some ways, I'm somebody's customer. I smoke weed. Mm-hmm. So it may not be as bad as what the people look at this drug as, but still it makes me a customer and I have to get, you know, dealt with by somebody. Yeah. So. I treat people nice and kind, right? And that was going to be my strong point. I didn't know. Mm. And by me being on that same corner homeless, yeah. that means I never go anywhere. I'm always accessible. So it's just like a store. Yeah. If you know where the good shit at, well, you're going to come there. You're going to pass by. I ain't got to go because youngsters over there. Yeah, yeah. You know? So in the beginning, people were kind of designated to certain dealers. Mm. Is it, oh, is that such and such? I'm like, no, they okay, well, they go pass by me. Mm-hmm. No questions. Mm. So it got to the point where the people only wanted my product. Oh. Like, oh, that's youngster. Mm. Oh, that's youngster. They wouldn't even, when they knew it was just me, meaning nobody else was selling for me, nobody else had my dope, mm. they wouldn't stop for nobody but me. But then it got to the point where I started growing. I had mm. to leave it with certain people. Really? Then they would go with certain people. Yeah. But they would only seek out my product. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of t- started to monopolize the situation mm. and make it strictly for me. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So um, that caused me to grow big. And I ended up moving off the streets of, uh, of L.A. And I mm. got up to a high rise. Um, you, you, you lived in a high rise? Yeah, I went straight from the tent to the high rise. <laughs> in fact, I was so so dedicated wow. to my job that mm. every evening about 5, 5.30, I, the people in my building would see me get dressed in like random mm. thready little clothing mm-hmm. to fit in with the people that walk around downtown. I, mm. You see how I'm dressed now? Mm. I look clean, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't wear this. I would just throw on like a dark t-shirt, some baggy jeans and some old shoes of mine. I mm. fit in with them. and But then I'm carrying a backpack and a tent and all this other stuff. Mm. But I'm coming out of my apartment mm. with this stuff. Like people used to look like, what is What's he doing? Yeah. a homeless guy living yeah. in the building? But he ain't homeless. Why is he still got tents and shit? Yeah. So I'm going down to set up business for the night because at 5, 5.30, that's when you're able to erect your tents on the mm. sidewalk without oh, having okay. the police obstruct you. Mm. No, I mean, um, you know, you know stopping you, put you in jail or anything. Mm. So um, I would come down to my house, come down there to the block to set up and be down there all night, about 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I break it down. I come back upstairs, take a shower, get in my bed and go to sleep. You know, wow. that's the kind of life it started to go. And, and did your customers know that you had a place to stay? Oh, yeah. But see, okay? that, but that's when mm. I graduated. I started designating people to sell for me. Mm, mm. Like I went and found certain trustworthy people that were homeless and had tents in the same locations where I used to be at. Mm, right. Mm. And they have nowhere to go. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to be there because, see, this is where they come to every day. They don't go to different places. This yeah. is this. They're kind of organized in this unorganized life that mm-hmm. we live. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So um, I know I can depend on them to come to these same spots and mm-hmm. it was of certain natures. So um, they also were drug users and I didn't care. Like, as long as they had my dollar amount, I didn't care how they did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just have my dollar amount. And I always made sure that they were taken care of, too. They never wanted for anything. No food, need clothes, whatever. Like, this shit got better, too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was trying to get them off the streets, but they didn't, essentially just didn't want to get they off the streets. They didn't want to. No, uh. they didn't. So it was, it was weird. But mm-hmm. me, I wasn't staying on the streets, so I got off. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when life really began to evolve and change. Mm-hmm. I had people working downtown, so I didn't need to be downtown. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is have the money picked up when they call me and say they got my money or have something dropped off when they say they needed more. Mm. Cool. I got that. No problem. Um, I then was able to switch my location. Like I still had business going on downtown. I still live downtown, but then I started to venture out and get into the acting, Mm. you know, to start to Mm. pick up where I came, what I came for. Mm. Started to meet the people, the names and started to hang out, get the work done, you know, and my life as an actor started to evolve. Mm. So then I was able to transition because God, Mm. Again, came to play. I'm not going to say that God stands behind drug dealing. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. No. Mm. I will say that he is the alpha and omega, which is the beginning and the end, everything in the middle he created. So mm. whether it be evil or good, you know, it's still created by him, but I'm not mm. saying he condones it. Mm. So don't be foolish, people. Mm. Uh, there's something inside your soul. It's called a conscience. It tells you right or wrong. You don't have to have somebody to tell you that's wrong. You don't have to have a law to say you're not supposed to do it. Mm. He tells you. So you know. So mm. you don't need me to say nothing. Mm. So with that being said, um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I started uh, doing good with the acting. So God intervened and said, well, now you've started getting on your path where I want you. This yeah. other stuff needs to stop. Yeah. And how you stopped me was to the police. Well, the way I see it, uh, the other people that wasn't getting money like I was getting money mm-hmm. that was before I came. Yeah. But now it's a change since I'm here. Mm-hmm. Got mad. And they started to snitch. Mm-hmm. And they started sending police my way. So I first got caught up with the police on a con- uh, conspiracy case. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't prove it, but I was in the vicinity and I didn't fit the, you know, the profile of the people mm. that live in Evacindy. So I looked mm. like I didn't belong. So I had to yeah. be what they accusing me of. So mm. I had a conspiracy case. A couple months later, my dumb self um, mm. feeling like, oh, they haven't seen me in months. They hear my name, but they don't know I'm still here. I'm going to show them I'm still running these streets. <laughs> so I went and got some dope out of my car, dumb self. And I went down on the block just to go sell it myself like I you started out doing, but had no business doing No business anymore. doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was all dressed up and everything, even on the wrong day, on a Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you watch for the sweep. So, oh, um, that's when they do the sweep. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I was naive, just mm-hmm. not just out of my element because I forgot about all these things. So I mm-hmm. went out there, first freaking thing I sold was right in front of the police. So, uh, yeah, oh. they jammed me up, caught yeah. me red-handed with, with the substance mm-hmm. and... Uh, but like I say, God had a lot to play with this. Yeah. So like they had me red handed and they could have really sent me away for the first time ever to the penitentiary because I haven't been. Mm. Um, they could have sent me for the first time, but they fumbled the ball all because the devil got involved too. Uh-huh. What happened? Greed. Yeah. Um, I had a large amount of dope on me. 
Mm. Uh, I had a large amount of the crack substance on me, which was 28 grams. If people are good with their measurements, you'll know the 28 grams is uh, an ounce, mm-hmm. you know, in, in metric terms. Mm. So, um, man, I, I love my knowledge. I just so, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, just congratulate they, yourself. They, uh, yeah, well, you yeah. Know, <laughs> measurements mm-hmm. in metric mm. terms. Yeah. So, uh, um, the police. Mm caught me with 27.7 grams because mm. what I sold was a dime, which was a 0.3. I got it broken down in my math. I know how to do things. Mm. So they caught me with 27.7 grams, right? Mm. And I went to jail. Um, they sent me to this place they call Wayside over here. It's like a penitentiary up in the mountains. It's, it, it looks like a penitentiary. It feels like one, but it's just a regular county jail. It's just extra oh, huge. Uh-huh. You know, LA evidently is... The leaders of jails around this joint. Yeah. I swear, Not I thought I was drug. in the big house. Oh Woo, man! So anyway, <laughs> um, after about well, four you, or five you've days, you've never been to a prison. No. Okay. No. Mm. Um, but it's, it's essentially the same. Mm. Just the process is different, and the mm. stay is longer. Mm, mm, <laughs> you know what mm, I mean? Mm, mm, mm. But uh, same kind of people, same kind of environment. Uh, you know? Yeah. So mm. yeah. Um, unfortunately, mm. uh, oh. I stayed there for a couple of days. But the thing about it is, I had a lot of money. Mm. I had by this time, I had I saved a lot of money. I was making more money than I could spend. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I had a lot of savings. Mm. Um, the bond that they gave me was uh, one hundred and ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars to bond out of jail, which you pay ten percent, twelve percent of that. Mm. It was like twelve thousand dollars for me to mm. actually get out. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing is, this comes at a time when I couldn't remember anybody's numbers. The phones were coming in place, so I didn't have numbers written down. I didn't yeah. know it was one number that I could just came across of, and it was a girl that I had met months before at the Playboy Mansion, and it was this Russian chick. She was one mm. of the models mm-hmm. that was there serving the drinks and stuff at the Playboy Mansion, right? Mm. Happen to remember her number, but she's like stuck on me. She's like really into me, right? Yeah. And I've been going to visit her, her mom and her son. You know, mom would cook for me and everything, and cook mm. the Russian dishes. It was they. They loved me. I love them. They're, they're absolutely wonderful people. Yeah. Um. I told them where I was and what had happened. They were in shock. Couldn't believe it. But oh my god, what happened next was was compelling. I didn't expect it. Mm. The daughter called a friend of her dad's. Her dad has passed away. Mm. But mind you, they're from Russia. Yeah. The dad and a friend of his back in the day came to settle uh, America. Mm. They left the Russian mob and came to America with their money and they started wow. businesses together. The mm. the dad and the dad's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the dad passed away, but um, the daughter and the mother were still here and they were connected to the dad's friend mm. who still had businesses here. Well, one of the businesses that the friend happened to start was a bail bonds company, right? So the mom and the daughter reached out to mm-hmm. the old friend of the dad yeah. and said, hey, we have a situation. We have somebody we want you to get out of jail. Yeah. Um, we need your help. Mm-hmm. And he was like, cool. Well, who is it? And mm. They gave him my information. Mm. I have never, not to say that I've been to jail a lot, but I've been more than once. Mm. Um, never gotten out of jail so fast. Yeah. This guy, I don't mm. know what he did or how the process was. I didn't, I didn't even see him. I didn't mm. fill out any paperwork, nor did I have the money at hand. I mm. had to get it once I got out because I had my stuff hid. I yeah. didn't, you know, my, my lifestyle, I don't trust, you know, my, that kind of money. Being like, yeah. no. mm. So not even the girlfriend I had at the time. Like mm. she's found all the money. 
and you know I'm in jail, mm. uh, would you not run off with two hundred thousand dollars? Yes, you know. Yes, yeah, Swinky. <laughs> what? 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 No. Wait, wait. Out of no, nowhere. I, I yeah, He's I, awake. Listen, I paid the, the dragon. If I had two hundred thousand dollars sitting in cash hidden in this house, and then and, you were in jail. Yeah, I got hauled away. What would I come home to? Well, two hundred and ten. Thank you. Right, thank we're gonna you. add to it. Add thank to you. It. Yes, that's yeah, what don't I would expect do. the negative. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't proclaim it. So, um, well, my distrust and and people didn't allow me to call my girl, but I called her because mm. it was the only number I knew, and she called a friend, and he got me out. Just yeah, like a couple of hours after I talked to her, mm-hmm. I was all the way outside talking to her and face to face to face. And I'm like, damn, I didn't pay no money. I didn't sign no paper. I don't know what he did, but he did it. But then it was arranged for me to meet up with him days later and get the money. He wouldn't even own my bumper about it. He was like, usually if you bail bonds and bun you out, they're right there. I don't need my money right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But by it being who it was that called him, mm. he didn't. He was like, okay, I trust you, no problem. You know. And four days later, he came to pick up his money. I gave him eleven. No, twelve thousand. I gave him twelve thousand. Yeah. I gave him twelve thousand cash. Yeah, no problem. It was it was nothing. You you did a justice for me. Mm. And just before that, the the bond for the other one, the conspiracy, mm. it was fifty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Paid him cash. I thought I had a bondsman that would be on my team. Mm. So when I called him for the second time, he didn't even come through. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, that don't make sense. But you know, they were, everybody was skeptical of dealing with me because I was new to uh, L A. I was from Louisiana, mm. so they're like, oh, he's possible flight risk. He's gonna leave. But I wasn't. I don't no. care. I, I always stand up for um, my responsibilities. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it's me, I don't run. Mm. So thing was uh i go to court um no no, no. they bummed me out mm. i stopped selling drugs that day mm. that day that was the day you know, yeah, yeah, yeah that that day um well i had to sell the rest of what i had but mm. i sold it in bulk to just some friends of mine like hey man well just give me this for this and you can have it yeah so but i began to start living off of my accumulation mm. that day because mm. i realized when i went in that jail that they look like a prison I don't want to do this. It's no. not, it's not, I didn't come here for this. No. I prayed to God to get me somewhere for me to change, but not to go backwards. I could have stayed in Louisiana doing that because right. that's what, essentially what I was doing. So mm. there's more opportunities here. Let me stop this. And yeah. I got a better way of doing things now because I got money and I got a place to stay. So yeah. let me continue doing this. Yeah. And that's when my acting and everything picked up. But I also turned in, uh, at something happened mm. um, where... I turned back to something I got into when I was in Hemet, which mm. is the pro MMA. It was MMA, yeah. but I turned pro. Mm-hmm. So I just went, revisited that and mm-hmm. then kind of started living that life as a fighter. Mm. So Mixed martial uh, arts. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's, that's my rundown for uh, LA. And then while in Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. I retired from fighting in 2016. I got the call in 2017. No, 2018 from mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they want to revisit my past life of being downtown Skid Row. Did they so find out it. about you? Oh, you you talked about them going through those records that they already had from um, uh, past stories they'd gotten from the LAPD and so forth. You mentioned mm-hmm. that, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how they kind of found you. The tent yeah, King. yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, mm. they reached out and got in touch with some friends of mine. Mm. Because they couldn't find me. Mm. And, and the friend that actually called me, is his name is Ben McQuarrie. That's Shaka Khan's mm. um, nephew. Oh. Uh, the, the legendary uh, singer, uh-huh. Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, she's a good friend of mine too now. Yeah. Trey Bazaar, right? You know, all yeah. these people that I know and, mm. and have 
these memories and relationships with mm. you know what Turned I mean out like all we, right. mm-hmm. me and Shaka was just riding horses uh, last month it wasn't it was a good show just the yeah. day before the last day I saw you me and Shaka was out riding horses out by uh, Jamie's house you know alright I, I want to say this mm-hmm. in, in conclusion we're out of time you cannot say this I'm gonna say it anyway <laughs> a rebel in our midst no a what mutiny would, <laughs> what would you say to someone I'm ignoring you what would you say to someone who has come out to Los Angeles they're down to their last dime, but they still have this dream and they still think, oh, maybe this is the place I need to be. Okay, since uh, I go too far in depth with my answers, I'm going to kick this <laughs> quick into the chase. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Tough it up. It's not going to happen overnight. Prepare for a fight. Stay determined. Stay dedicated. If you put five years into anything, not saying it's going to take you five years, if you put five years into anything, that's what I tell anybody about any kind of business. If you put five years into anything, mm. you then will be known for what you've been doing. So you begin to see the light break through the clouds mm. around that five year mark saying, I've been here at 10. I haven't made it to a start yet, but I'm on a lot of things, you know, and it is still coming. But I've also been inconsistent. So mm. that's what I want to tell you, people stay consistent, stay in your lane, stay waiting on your light to change because see, it's like a highway, mm. one lane. All the cars in front of you, people are trying to do the same thing you're doing, right? Mm. But it's mm. timing. It's all about timing. And there's one light at the intersection mm. and it goes red, then it goes green. It mm. goes red, then it goes green. Mm. And it's one car at a time. And it's a few cars ahead of you, but just wait until that light turns green for you and then you're gone. Mm. So just stay in your lane, mm. wait your turn. Thank you. Thank you, Jay John. I think you hosted More this episode welcome. very well. Wait, is that why you were? Quiet I think you the were here time? too. I was here you too. Here I was too. watching you. I'm watching you come into your own. You've been uh, increasing your host. And I was looking powers. at you, thinking, "Wait, when is he going to jump As you guys in?" Involved yeah. into your podcast. Oh, no, I've been yeah, watching you. Doing, he was doing the podcast alone for, for two, a, a year and a half. A year and a half. And before she showed up six months ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. And at first, well, thanks, it was Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you for starting point. Yeah. She was. She was shaky. You were not sure where you would be, or how you would be the co-host, or what you would be saying or doing, or how you'd be kind of. And she's really like a, I really enjoyed watching you. You enjoyed watching Take the lead me? on this. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to retire soon. I think I, ah. I think I think we want to have you back sometime. Well, certainly. I can yeah. confirm that. We want to have you back. I'm not going to hey, I'm not going to have your people call my people. No, I'll call no. you. I'm not, I don't know about people calling other people. <laughs> Yeah, because I have a lot of people call my publicist, and he's just like, "Man, what'd you have him call me for?" Yeah, because you know I gotta have my people. Right? Do you feel like you have to? Do you feel like you have to until until it it, it becomes really evident to everyone? Take eventually, do you feel like you have to put up a facade or act a certain way? How did I know you was gonna say that? Like, well, wait, yes. Were you not here for the last? Yes, two you and do. And a half hours? Yes, you do. Mm. It's a part of mm. becoming who you are. Because see, yeah. those things will actually be out of my control but a part of my everyday life Mm. and that's the way life will be so Mm. in a sense I'm kind of training myself and molding Mm. myself for the days to come but me doing it right now all the people I have Mm. I I have to pay I'm scrounging you know what I mean I do have these people and sometimes you realize it's unnecessary at this stage to to have all that the other people have and there's a reason why they have them because like they organize the money they bring money in and all those other things but Mm. me I'm just putting them there Mm. but it also gives me that image it makes me also into what I'm trying to become so I actually am what I'm trying to become become. you know what I'm saying so I am that yeah wow 
Yeah. Some people say fake it till you make it. But um, Well, that, I guess that's the expression. That That is. But like I'll say, if you put five years into <laughs> one thing, like yeah. it starts to show and people know you mm-hmm. for that. So, yeah. You know, my image is my life. Official underscore J dot John, J-O-H-N, right? Certainly. That's Instagram. Find him. You can also find him at Major Miller, which I think is the one he should be using, but no one listens to me. Because so I have thousands of followers on that already. Yeah, you know? so, so official J. I like John. the hard way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as she said, uh, Major Miller, I'm going to clear that up for you. It's uh, M-A-J-O-R-M-I-L-L-A is one word. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look for it and follow, you might guess. <laughs> He'll be back. Pew, yes, final word since you've been as quiet as a church mouse on this one. Say final something, words? sweet goose. I've been... St- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're limited to what you can say now. You can only say this and it's over. Like. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thank you for keeping an eye on Swinky when you guys were on set for that yeah. week together. Certainly, and certainly. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for letting her know that um, that you can get a little mischievous in America. You don't have to follow. You don't have to be a follower. Yes. No, no, yeah, you can no, leave. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and much obliged. Thank you guys uh, for having me, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about life and I'm excited to tell people yeah. about it. You know, it is exactly just like you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be what you think it is. It could, mm-hmm. it could be another way. Mm-hmm. So if I could bring any kind of enlightenment or change yeah. or, you know, knowledge to someone, I, I definitely want yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Certainly. Thank much you obliged. so much. All Thanks, right. Guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, the nicest thing you can do in return is give us a good review on the podcast aggregator that you're currently using. If you want to contact us, you can do so at hollywoodfishbowl.com. For all things Swinky, check out swinkymusic.com. The Hollywood Fishbowl is produced by Jesse Kester. Hey, wouldn't you know it? That's me. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.